Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody? And welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. We see some crazy stuff on the news. Horror stories about kids getting taken advantage of with Snapchat and sexual predators on social media and all these different things that happen. And 99% of the time, our response is, well, that would never happen to my kid. My kid is an exception. That would never happen to my kid. The thing is, unfortunately, it can happen to your kid. And it just might happen to your kid if we keep on with that attitude. That is why I have my guest today, Jen, from Australia, whose whole company is to prevent the tragedy of not my kid. This is going to be a real eye-opener, so please listen up. But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. I am so excited for today's discussion. I have here with me on the show the one and only Jen Hoey. Did I say your last name right? You did. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So Jen is a cyber safety parent consultant and parent awareness advocate. She's the founder of Not My Kid and manages the Not My Kid Facebook parent support group, providing resources for parents with a focus on empowering them to keep their kids safe online with an emphasis on delay. She's a mom of three who, as well as running Not My Kid, manages her husband's psychiatric and is studying for her degree in cybersecurity and behavior. It's not like she's busy or anything, so I invite her to come on the show. Her interest in this space stems from some really personal experiences that we're going to dive into today. But Thank you so much for Jen coming to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's very Absolutely. exciting. Absolutely. When I saw your Instagram, the not my kid, that's something that me and Colin Karchner talked about a lot with people who having the ideology of, well, not my kid. It can't happen to me. It's like, no, but it can and it will. So, well, first off, how the heck are you? Where are you coming at us from? So I'm in Sydney, Australia, and I'm, um, <laughs> I'm a mom of three and really here to say it really can be your child. Um, you know, I started not my kid when my little boy, um, who's now nearly eight, started primary school and I've got two older kids, so a 17 and a 19 year old. And as you know, I've been there, I've experienced it, even with all the conversation and the restrictions in place and the boundaries, it's still, it still happened to my kid. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I am, I am so jazzed guys. When I found out she's from Australia, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's an international <laughs> call. This is happening. Um, but yeah, so in your experience and your research, um, I mean, I'm so honored to have you on the show and you're a cyber safety consultant for parents. You run this business called not my kid, um, stemming from the ideology of trying to snap out of it. It, it, it can happen to your kid. Now, now we're going to talk about the it <laughs> how did you end up in this space you mentioned you had some uh, your interest stemmed from some personal experiences that happening when it happened to your kid what was it okay so it happened about seven years ago my daughter at that time was nine she um 
was on a game, an online game at a friend's house. Now, she knew not to play with uh, strangers or anyone she didn't know. But like I say to parents, children are curious, and that's what we love about them. And she went online, and uh, a predator started grooming her. Um, now, I didn't know anything about this. What I did notice was a dramatic change in how she, she appeared. She um, gave up all her interests. She became really listless. She started eating a lot less. But most noticeably, she didn't want me out of her sight. She had such severe separation anxiety. And it was really, really troubling. We had no idea what was going on. Uh, fast forward two years, she called me into her bedroom one night and hysterically scribbled on a piece of paper, sex and game. Now, that's not a moment that I would want any other parent to go through. Um, my heart went through the, through the floor, but I remained really calm and um, comforted her. Oh, my gosh. She, at that stage, wasn't able to talk very much about it. She, um, and it was only, to be honest, last year, and this is where Colin Kochner uh, will always, um, I guess, be someone who I admire. He's a hero of mine because it was only after his passing, and I was very, particularly very, very devastated by that, um, that I approached my daughter with the story that I'd written two years earlier, and I asked her if we could go public with it, and she said yes. Wow. Um, now, two years earlier, I'd written the story. I told her I'd written it, and she was like, I don't want to read it. I don't want to know anything about it. And I said, that's okay. And then a few weeks later, she came to me and said, can I read it? And um, I was like, sure, it's your story. And then she subsequently asked me if she could share it. But she still wasn't ready for the world to know. <laughs> and I wasn't right. ready for the world to know. Right. That's, that's, but, yeah. Wow. So she was playing an online game. And this guy started yeah. grooming her. And then, and then you come in that night and she has written down that his end game is sex. And it's just yeah, game and sex. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, that is wow. I can't even imagine. And it's not like she was, it was even on any like big platform, like Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. No. It was on an online game. That's right. And really? to be honest, she's, she was, she thought up until last year, she thought it was still, she thought it was another nine-year-old little girl. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And that, that, person had told her that if she told anybody she'd go to jail which is why i saw such intense separation anxiety from her she oh was terrified gosh. for two years oh <laughs> that's like that's terrorism like that's that's that that is so bad i can't even imagine this little girl living with that fear for years that's right so guys yes. when we when we talk about it we talk about all of these terrifying things that we see on the news you know, someone getting groomed by a sexual predator online through a game or through Snapchat, through TikTok or something. And we have the thought process of not my kid. That's not going to happen to my kid, but it can happen in the weirdest of places, the most unlikely of places, unless we are on top of it. So when did you get along to creating not my kid after all this went down? Well, I think it was when my son started primary school. So that was now three years ago. And I was really worried at how little the parents around me seemed to know. And I think what had happened is, you know, it triggered something in me, a desperation to want to have other like-minded parents around me. So instead of sending articles to my friends on Messenger, I just thought I'll stop this little group. And, and then I decided, actually, no, we need to have 
we need to collaborate um, as professionals. There's no, there's no, and at that stage, I wasn't even a professional. Um, and so I just reached out to other professionals and said, here's the story. This is why I really want to get this message out. And the, the group is now sitting at nearly 3,000 members, which is really, really encouraging. That yeah, really awesome. encouraging. Wow. And so you started this group up, a support group for other people that are emphasizing on delaying giving your kids these access to the world. Because here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is not only are you giving your kid access to millions of people, but you're giving millions of people access to your kid when it comes to Absolutely. things like social media and screens and stuff. So I don't know in your, in your experience, you know, talking to all these parents and the support groups and the different things. And I'm sure you've heard tons of stories from other parents as well in that community. What are the big trouble apps or platforms or places where kids are being groomed, where this is happening? Okay. The number one app that I hate and will always hate for eternity is Snapchat. Hear that, guys? Don't go Hear that, guys? Crap chat. Okay, crap chat. Yeah. Even people in Australia. Serious. It's not just me and Colin, okay? Keep going. Sorry. It, it, it really, really is, the, in our, my opinion, the most dangerous app. My husband, who is a psychiatrist and sees teenagers every day, uh, a lot of what he sees is linked to social media and gaming, and he refers to Snapchat as Lord of the Flies. He said, seriously, this app has got to go. Um, that one and TikTok, I hate. <laughs> uh, my own daughter is 17 and does not have either of those. And she's okay with that because we have a lot of chats around why. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> well, I, um, so I just say to parents, yeah, forget, forget those two apps. Right. I mean, and when you talk through it logically with Snapchat, it's like, okay, this, this, this app is designed so that you can send a photo of anything to somebody and it will be gone yeah. in 24 hours. There will be no proof of you sending this thing. Guys, this app was created so people could send nude pictures to each other. That's why this app was created. <laughs> yes. So kids could send naughty yeah. pictures to each other and not get caught by their parents. Now, you said you, right. you, have, you have talks with your kids of why, you know, why they, they cannot have TikTok. Let, let's have that chat because right now a lot of parents are sitting here thinking, well, TikTok's so harmless. It's just kids dancing around being goofy and it's really fun and you just scroll by it and it's just goofy. Why is TikTok, 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 wow, TikTok so damaging? Well, I think that there's also this, first of all, there's we as parents, if we go onto the app and have a look at it, we are not seeing the content our children are seeing. So we do have to be very aware from that. And my 19-year-old is like my spy. He comes and tells me and shows me things all the time because he does have it. And um, he, he, will, he knows the work I'm doing, so he brings me a lot of stuff. So the algorithm is going to push whatever it is they're looking and searching for. Um, the, the predators are having a field day there because I think even if parents think that you know, their child's got a private account, it is incredibly hard, almost impossible, to um, filter the content that they're seeing. So you have to make a decision what you really want your child to see. There's, you know, certainly I'd have to say that I did a test um, about a year ago and I took YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok and I set myself a challenge. How quickly could I find porn on those four? And it took me less than 60 seconds for each. So there we go. <laughs> Do I need to say more? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. And and additionally, what you said at the start, how 
it, TikTok is going to push whatever that population, that age group is searching for. It's going to push it into, into yeah. their feed, into their for you page. Well, their algorithm yeah. and their filter is not too great right now. Never has been doubt it ever will be because I, I'm a school counselor at a high school and kids come in, we're talking about college and career readiness. And I ask them about their screen time. And, you know, they tell me, well, as I'm way too much. And I've learned the younger you are, especially as a teenager, the younger you are, the sooner TikTok will push pornographic content into your for you page because curious minds are curious minds. And that's what people are, are spending the most time looking at because it's like, oh, whoa, I've never seen that before. And they look at it longer and longer. And then all of a sudden we have a kid getting groomed. Um, I remember, I remember with Colin, he went undercover and he pretended he created a a 13 year old's account on Instagram. And within a minute, we're talking 60 seconds from creation. He had Mm -hmm. dudes, you know, messaging him, you know, saying, Hey, I'll pay you a thousand bucks to be my girlfriend and crap like that. It is incredible how easy it is for, for bad things to come to our kids when they're on these platforms. And so I found that sometimes even when we're shouting this from the rooftops, even when we have all the evidence, we have all the stories and we have all the anecdotes, parents still will turn a blind eye and just say, not my kid. Why do you think is this? Is it just because they want to live in their innocent world where nothing's wrong? Uh, Look, I'm going to call it, and I may not be very popular for saying it, but let's be honest, they are great babysitters. And, you know, in this busy time, a lot of parents, sorry, I really do have to say that because, you know, I, my son of nearly eight is screen free and it does take a lot of work. Um, And that is even having the conversation where you're bored. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you're bored. And having the meltdown, oh, you know, I want to do something and and not always jumping in to provide him with entertainment. So you can see how easy it is to just hand a screen. Um, And yeah, so I know that's the one aspect. And I think the other aspect is I think all parents would like to believe that their child is sweet and innocent and they don't like to look at that curiosity that inevitably um, comes when they start to get a little older, eight, nine, 10, they are going to get curious. So you've got to have the conversations. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really easy to try and just use our phones to babysit our kids because it's hard guys. I know it's hard to be a parent. I have a three-year-old and that boy has a will of iron steel. Okay. Oh my goodness. It is so hard sometimes, but that being said, I would take 10 tantrums a day before I would want to willingly give my kid to a predator. And that's what we're doing when we hand them a supercomputer without educating them at all about it and giving that supercomputer the ability to have a bunch of males and females, just adults with not good intentions, access to our kids. It is not good. So what are some of the ways that parents can be proactive in protecting their kids from these real life nightmares? What can we do? Okay, well, for me, the very first thing is to say delay, um, (laughs) which I think people cringe when they hear that, but I'm afraid that is what I'm going to say. I also would really encourage parents to talk honestly about protective behavior for their children. So, you know, using the real names for body parts, talking about safe and unsaid secrets, um, talking about sex, talking about my son of eight, I've had the porn chat with him a few times already. 
you know, you, you just, I think, and then obviously once they are at an age where they will actually have access to a screen because schools are not on board with uh, keeping mm-hmm. them out of the classroom, um, then you really do have to have the, um, you know, protection in place on, on the actual device, but also don't let them sit in their bedrooms on their own ever. Um, you know, my kids have to sit at the, the dining room table and I'm there. Yep. you know roaming <laughs> right checking on what they're doing <laughs> right um you know, so yeah so that's what i would say just you, you've got to be su- you've got to supervise yes you can't just a you can't you can't just leave your kid on a computer or a smartphone and think that nothing wrong is going to happen that's going to backfire real quick um but i like what you said about a delay okay your 10 year old doesn't need a smartphone, but let them go get a gab phone. If they want to look like they have a smartphone and be cool or whatever, but they don't need a smartphone. But B, um, you talked about talking about the hard talks. We can't shrug off and like, Oh, I don't want to talk about him. He's only nine. Well, guess what? He's going to find it. If you don't talk about it with him, would you rather him find out about it online or would you rather him hear about it from his parents who can, talk about it in a mature way who can like we can tell our kids and talk to our kids through you know sex and things like that and have it not be something mortifying have it not be something ugly but if they if online is how they find out about it then that is going to shape the rest of their life and not in a great way that's right and yeah no and that's the one distinction i make in that conversation with my teens we separate the two um, so basically, sex and porn are in two completely different categories. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I just, you know, that's, uh, um, it, and they're not easy conversations to have. I can, I can, I can understand that for some parents, especially if they haven't been brought up in an open home with conversation taking place. Right. Um, but then, you know, I wasn't, and I've got over that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, just have it, just be brave. Yeah. <laughs> And guys, you will get over the the awkwardness of it, talking about sex, talking about pornography, talking about online predators, how we don't keep secrets from mom and dad and stuff like that. That's going to get less and less awkward the more you talk about it. And there are great resources out there that can help you learn how to talk about it with your kids. We have, I mean, you got Jen here, not my kid on Instagram. We have Protect Young Eyes on Instagram also. They're a fantastic resource for parents. Um, and so these are all great ways. And, that can, oh, keep going. Yes. Yeah. Chris is in the group as well. So the Facebook parent group has got a lot of really amazing experts in there providing support for parents as well. If, if we need any, if, if parents need any help. So the Facebook group's really um, great in terms of the, um, uh, you know, some of the professionals in there. And yes, I love protecting arts. Yes. <laughs> We love Chris McKenna. He's the CEO there at Protect Young Eyes and he's in your group. I love that. So as you mentioned, the best thing that we can do is delay, 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 delay. Now kids are going to be feel left out. Kids are going to kind of feel weird for not having a phone. And eventually they're going to ask for a smartphone or social media. What can we as parents say to be prepared for when that happens, when they come asking, but mom, everyone else has a phone. What can we do? What, what what do we need to be prepared to talk about then? Well, look, I was the parent who did, you know, my kids got each did get a phone with heavy restrictions as they went into high school. Um, they were the kid who's um, who, who wasn't allowed, you know, certain social media platforms. 
Um, you know, my oldest son did get into a little bit of trouble. Um, but I think that, you know, I would explain to them why. And that was the continual message, why they're not, mm -hmm. I'm not giving them a smartphone. My eight-year-old already will tell you, you know, my brain is not that is not fully developed, mummy. <laughs> you know? There um, we go. So I, <laughs> what a smart boy. You know, so I think it's about, don't, don't hide behind just saying no, just provide the explanations. By the time they're at high school, if they're asking for phones, you should be able to be having all these conversations with them. The sexting, the porn, the, the predators, the, you know, the bullying, the, the suicide, the yep. everything that is sitting there on the phone that all these kids are exposed to and they cannot digest. And we are seeing it in the practice. Well, we've, mm -hmm. we've had, you know, we, we are seeing boys who literally are experiencing failure to launch because all they want to do is stay home and game. By the time you have an 18 year old like that, it becomes really difficult to turn to, to make change. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can just jump in young. Yeah. And just, I guess I get, I do understand parents get a bit tired of hearing the conversation, have the conversation, have the conversation. Um, but I think, you know, it is a very, very, it's very important for our children to understand that we are comfortable talking about it because you know, then they're more likely to to come to us. But the other thing I want to say is I also would really encourage everyone to also provide their children with somewhere else they can go. So if, for example, like my daughter used to say to me, mommy, there's so much shame when you do the wrong thing. So we do need to remember that they may experience shame. So give them somewhere else to go. So here it would be the kids' helpline in Australia. I'd say, here's the number. If you ever feel like you can't come to me, please call them. So go. give them an alternative. I love that. I love that so much. And I love how you said, don't hide behind just the no. Because honestly, parents, we do that a lot. We say no. And they're like, why? It's like, because I said so. And it's like, no, tell them why. Be honest with them. If you tell them why, yeah. because there are men out there, people out there that, are, that want to hurt you. And like, tell them why. They'll be like, oh, never mind. I don't want it. Please don't. Don't let me on it. Because if they know it's out there, they'll stay far away. We need to not be scared. They will. I um, I so had a chat with my son recently about predators and it showed me how little he really, really is because he looked at me and said, oh, don't be silly, mummy. Nobody can make themselves younger. When I told him that sometimes they pretend to be another child, he had no concept. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No concept. No. And, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> so that, that brings up the golden question, I guess. When is the right time? When is the right time for us to give our kids smartphones or social media? I mean, eventually they're going to fly from the nest. They're going to be able to make their own choices, get social media, do whatever they want. So when is the right time for, for us to introduce this stuff to our kids? You know, I'm more, I'm, I'm more and more, <laughs> people won't like my answer. My, I'm more and more leaning towards, you know, 16 at the absolute minimum for social media. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what I see on there is so toxic. I mean, if I could say 18 and I would, um, I, I really am disturbed by what our children are experiencing and are exposed to. Uh, my son has lost a friend to suicide. He's had to call, you know, your equivalent to, I think it's what, 911 many times for friends. It's too much for them. It's too heavy. <laughs> what they're exposed to every day. And then we wonder why there's an increase in, you know, the mental um, illness that we're seeing. Yeah. It's just, it is, I love what you said that, I mean, you're like, yeah, 16 bare minimum because, Hey, we want our kids yeah. to as long as they can. And I mean, 
when I asked, well, no, when, oh, who asked you? I can't remember, but Colin was answering this question once and he was like, well, at what age are you comfortable with your kid being thrown with pornography in their face and then being able to handle it? And that's so, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I loved his, I listened to every one of his podcasts. He, he was, he, you know, yeah, he's the he, he was brilliant and he, yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, he was totally right. Oh my goodness! Well, this has been so amazing. For I, I just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing right now. Um, this conversation has been amazing and enlightening, and I hope all parents out there are listening because um, the attitude of "not my kid" it just isn't going to fly anymore. So, so thank you so much. Uh, tell us where can folks see what you're up to? Shameless plug time. Let's hear it. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, not My Kid has a website, which is notmykid.com.au, and I'm on Facebook, Not My Kid. There's uh, the Facebook page and a Facebook group, and I'm on Instagram, and it's not my kid underscore ever. So, you know, a little bit everywhere, probably the most active on Facebook. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, go check her out, guys. She is amazing. Um, give you lots of good resources. And go follow me on Instagram, bulliesb.gun, for your daily dose of positivity. If you have any speaking inquiries, my email is bullies.speaker at gmail.com. And that is in the podcast description. All of that links to Jen, links to me. All of that's going to be in the podcast description. So go check it out. And always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids a eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.